Hey friends, welcome to Real Stories of Life with God, a podcast with a pretty explanatory title, because that's what we're here for, a conversation with real people about their unique life with God. I'm your host, Chelsea Eubank, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. We moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and Josh, um, my husband, was, um, he was, he took a position as a student pastor um, after just some really a hard season in ministry, um, we took um, a position here at Fruit Cove Baptist Church, and um, it was just like a really a time of refreshment and um, just healing for us after kind mm-hmm. of a crazy season of life. Um, so we have been here. We've actually been here. Yeah, I think almost ten years that we've been in Florida now and we transitioned um to church planting so Josh um is planting a church in the neighborhood of Ortega in Jacksonville Florida and um so we have been doing that for a little over a year now and so he's the senior pastor there um so we began our um church planting journey in October of 2019 um, and part of that is going to assessment and um, those different types of things um, and then being sent by our church. And we were sent by our church um, in January of 2020. And we were supposed to launch in on Easter Sunday of 2020. Um, and, and we did. We just did it online. <laughs> Again, um, it's not advised, but the Lord, I think, just knew more than we did and kind of we just tried to keep being obedient step after step. And I was always the kind of person who I was like, yeah, we go to church on Sunday, like what we do and show up on Wednesdays and that's what we do. But I didn't really appreciate it. I think until Mm -hmm. it was taken away um, for a time. So it has been good to meet in person again. We have five kids, um, 17, 12, 11, four and two. So we had, when, when we were, when you were in our life, um, on a regular basis, <laughs> um, and not over Zoom, um, mm-hmm. have three, and then we, um, started to pursue, um, adopt two of our, two of our kids are bio kids. And then one we adopted, um, while we were in Georgia more recently, about three years ago, almost three years ago, we um, just really um, felt the Lord saying it's time to foster, which both Josh and I had said that we would never do. Mm-hmm. And um, the Lord just made it very abundantly clear that that was where he was moving us um, and something he was asking us to step into. Mm-hmm. So we did. And we got our first placement on um the very beginning of January. So we had family in town and then they left and then they were like, Hey, would you take, so we got that call. Um, and so he has been here, uh, for the sake of our podcast, I'll call him honey bun for right now. Um, so our honey bun came, um, almost three years ago and, um, his little sister joined us about six months after that. Um, she came home directly from the hospital. So they've been with us and we, um, 
are hoping and um, working towards adoption, um, which in foster care, that's a big, big no-no, um, but we have had them for a really long time and we truly are working toward, like we're almost there. <laughs> we just don't have a court date yet. So, and we've had a really, really long case. Every time we tell people they're like three years, three years. <laughs> um, Yep. So that's a total of five. And, um, it's always kind of a madhouse here. Like everybody's doing lots of different things and just because of the ages of our kids, one of our, our little ones has a lot of trauma, mm. um, and endured a lot before coming to our house. And, um, there's a lot to work through. We have a lot to work through. And so it has not been all mm. sunshine and rainbows, which I wish it I wish it was. Um, and I wish that, um, like in my brain, when we started on this journey, it would be like, Oh, this is great. We're helping someone and they will be so excited to be helped and they will be so receptive to what we're doing. And it's kind of opposite of what, what actually has happened. For us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not that our kids don't get along. There's just a lot to work through for there's, um, you know, for one of our kids, he just has a lot of fears, a lot of fears mm. and, and a lot of, we say stuff in his backpack. I'm pretty sure I got that from somewhere. I don't know exactly who I heard say that, but um, he just has a lot of stuff in his backpack to work through. And, and that's hard mm. um, when you have other broken kids in your house and you're broken <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it, it brings it all out to the front but also for the Lord to heal those things. We've seen a lot of healing taking place in our house and a lot of um, just things restored. That is good. Okay. Well, I want to read one of the verses that was a big kind of proponent slash grounding um, for some of these questions. It's Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Jesus is asked which commandment in the law was the greatest. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. So our first question is, what currently stirs your love for God? I think that's a really good question. And, and I think it changes. So this would be my current answer. Because we have personally just been walking through, and I know a lot of people have. Um, so I'm, I'm sure this is the story for a lot of people, um, but we've just been walking through a really, really difficult season, like with church planting, with fostering, with honestly, like we've just had a lot of spiritual warfare kind of going on around us and, and crazy things happening. And, and when you've walked through a difficult season, I think that um, recently I felt just weary, just totally total transparency like just tired, um, tired of kind of pandemic stuff, tired. Mm. We've, we've been on a long foster journey. Um, just, just kind of weary. And, and so like stirring my affections for the Lord looks a little different because it's not like a, a warm fuzzy feeling that ha is happening. So it's mm. not like, you know, you look at the ocean, um, and feel very small or the green Canyon, and, and feel very small and you get this amazing, like whoosh feeling. <laughs> it's kind of not like that in, in my season right now. However, there's a couple of things that I do that do stir my affection for the Lord and remind me of who he is. Cause I just have to be reminded 
day after day in the really hard seasons that that he is there and that we're walking through this together, not alone. So the first one I would say is, it kind of goes back to what I was saying a minute ago, but um, I try to get up and see the sunrise. <laughs> um, when, when everything was really locked down during the pandemic, I got up every morning and I would walk around my neighborhood, which is about two miles. I would get up in the morning and walk and listen to scripture. It was usually Shane and Shane. I just really appreciate the way they um, turn psalms into songs that I can sing and that kind of stay with me all day. So I would just get up and and walk and start my day like that. Um, and as I was rounding the bend to come back to my house, I would... Um, the sun would just be peeking over the um, horizon and I could see it. And it was just, it just caused me to worship. Mm. It caused me to remember that the Lord was already there even before I was. Um, and that mm. he was, he had not slept even though I did. Um, and he had not rested, even though I needed to rest. Um, he didn't have to. So, so that would, that would be one thing that definitely does another thing. And that kind of like incorporates all of it. I also write the Psalms out because I feel like I can do that even if I cannot sit down and really study God's word, just because my heart is just full of stuff. I feel like I can just at least sit down and write out a Psalm and remember who God is and remember my position, like is just one of silence and of worship and listening. So um, that would be another thing that that kind of incorporates it all. Like when I get up in the morning, um, that is, it doesn't always happen. And then like for a while we moved here and it didn't happen for a while. So that was kind of hard. Like I was just sitting and, and writing the Psalms and kind of going through everything, but it wasn't, I also had like some health stuff going on. So I couldn't walk, um, which was kind of hard. All that's behind me now. The move is behind me and all that. So um, I've kind of started that practice again and, and I love it. Um, it really is super helpful, especially in a dry season. There is something to remembering and kind of putting that truth in front of us. Even when I can't conjure it up, like what you're saying, I'm in a season that feels dry and tired. Like I don't really have the energy or the capacity to conjure up all the things I know that are true about God, but I can read something and just put it in front of me. And it's hard sometimes. And there's, I mean, like my husband's a pastor and there's a lot of times that I, you know, I'm, I'm walking through that too. Like it's been hard and we've had a lot of heavy stuff going on. And, and the only thing that I feel like I can do is just have scripture, you know, sung over me. I'm actually, I'm reading a book right now and it's about being silent before the Lord, which is so difficult. <laughs> yeah. So difficult. Girl, I've been, I've been on that journey too the past couple of years about silence and solitude. And I don't know what book you're reading, but it's kind of a um, silence and solitude is so antithetical for my personality type and for just what's normal and comfortable to me. But it has also been the most life-giving thing for me to say, who am I when I'm not doing anything before the Lord? Who am I when I'm not reading the right things or journaling in the right ways or doing all the things that I grew up being told to do to have a quiet time. And I'm doing air quotes. I'm quiet time with the Lord, but it was so freeing and very challenging 
to say, this is more about you and not so much about the method or what I bring to the table necessarily. And I think that's the whole point is, is that we, you know, are still and can kind of silence everything and, and push even our own thoughts to the side to see what, what the Lord really thinks about something and not necessarily trying to have an agenda there or looking for something. Um, Josh and I were talking last week about creating ministry for yourself, like, (laughs) cause we were in a situation where we could see it in someone else's life, but they were like, they were creating ministry for themselves to do um, and creating something for themselves to do. And it was like, you know, I think maybe the Lord's not asking you to do that. Maybe the Lord's just asking you to join where he is, you know, like where he's already working. And that's not to say that people don't like that. The Lord doesn't speak to people and say, do a new thing. (laughs) However, I I think that sometimes as believers, we kind of run ahead of the Lord and try to make something happen that he may or may not want to happen. Um, Oh, it's so true. It's so good. But that's why it's so important, I think, to be be really grounded in the word um, and to really be able to hear the voice of the Lord. Either saying because it's very, it's usually very quiet and in a very still voice, not like go get it done, do it now, do it like this. Like it's it's just a slow nudging so often that you might miss it if you're not still and quiet. Okay, so those are a bunch of things that stir your love for the Lord. Is there anything that currently stifles your love for God? I would say that. It stifles my love for God when I try to make a name for myself rather than um, proclaiming just how great he is. So an example of that might be in taking care of my kids and, and that kind of thing. Like, I do feel like that's a ministry there. The Lord uses me in just a still, quiet way that's really mostly unseen by most people. And, and that is where he does the majority of ministry from me, like not being, you know, front and center. My husband's usually front and center and I'm totally fine with that. It, I can tell that it stifles my love for the Lord when I start to try to wiggle my way out of that position and into a different position. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, Yes. And so rather than working with my kids, ministering to my kids, um, which is my primary, that's my primary ministry is to love my kids and teach them who the Lord is. They were with me all day, every day. We homeschooled up until this point. And then this year, all of my kids have gone to school. So that was my primary ministry. And so now the flip side of that is they are in school a little bit. So I'm still like, that is my main ministry is to make sure they have what they need. And my church planting husband has what he needs. You know, that's just what, those are the two things that are non-negotiable that the Lord has called me to do. Um, and anything else that comes after that, like it's always flattering to like, as a pastor's wife, that people want to get to know me and people want to um, do lunch and do coffee and that kind of thing. And if I'm not careful, I run ahead of the Lord and I'm like, oh, this is what I'm made to do. Like this, I need to be doing more of this. 
I need to have a babysitter every day so that I can do this. Um, and I need somebody else to take care of those responsibilities at home so that I can do this. And there's nothing wrong either way. But personally, that's what the Lord has asked me to do. And so if I start to try to make a name for myself and try to make ministry for myself to do above and beyond what he's asked me to do, that's when I start to feel super tired, super worn out, and I I hit a wall. And I do it often, just to be clear. (laughs) But at the same time, try really hard not to. And so it's kind of just one of those kind of ebb and flow kind of things where mm-hmm. either reminding me or I'm back in my right, the right spot where he has me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh man, I can relate to that. That is so encouraging to me and just a great perspective. Oh no, in those, you said the word unseen, you know, some of that's unseen. Just thinking about how we, we kind of long for significance, kind of, we kind of long to be seen. If I forget how amazing it is to have been given something by the Lord to do, and I think it's not good enough or something, or I think I need more than what he has given me to do, and I kind of fall into that trap of thinking that I have to, I have to do something. I have to make something better of myself or something, but resting in and finding joy and purpose in, I'm like, wow, God gave me these people because he gave me, you know, how I'm wired and. And he's doing it with me. How cool is this? I have a huge, it's not a huge window. It's a normal size window, but it, <laughs> on it are all of these note cards with scripture all over them. Um, and people usually make a comment. They're like, oh my gosh. Like when you walk in my house, cause you can see it like from the front door. <laughs> I just kind of go through those one at a time, remind myself of, of the gospel who's the center of the gospel, like Jesus is the center of the gospel and not me, that I'm not made to save anyone. Like I can't rescue anyone. I can't do anything apart from the Lord. That's his, his job. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And so I can't do anything. I fall, I fall into the trap a lot of times. Um, and Josh and I've talked about this before. Um, so when I had kids, I thought that having kids would be like, you know, in The Sound of Music, when she has all the um, kids, she's like sitting in the mountains and you can see the Alps behind her and they're sitting in a grassy meadow and she has them all singing in a little circle. I thought that that, I really unintentionally, but, but really in my brain, that's what mothering, like successful mothering looked like. So having kids that always fell in line, that did what I asked them to do um, and looked a certain way, that's really what, that's the ideal that I had in mind that mothering would be like and what it should be like. For me, it's just reminding myself that I I have a limitation. The Lord has given me these kids um, and they don't look like that, the, the Von Trapp kids in the circle. In fact, we're probably complete opposite of that, but that's okay. And I have to rest in knowing that he did that, knowing exactly who I am, knowing exactly who they are and what they need, and that he is sufficient anyway. Even though everything looks like chaos and we don't have people's uniforms washed and um, and someone's having a major meltdown, but that's okay. That's mm. okay. The Lord is still at work there, even though it doesn't look perfect. 
and I don't have to change it and I don't have to save anyone out of that. They don't need, they don't need my rescuing. They, they need the Lord. How about a fill in the blank? The truth that God is blank means a lot to you because blank. Okay. So there's a a piece of scripture. He is about to pull the Israelites out of Egypt over and over again. God says, it says God hears and God knows and he responds. Um, And it kind of lays out how he's responding. God hears, he knows, and he responds. And I love that truth and, and could just like really meditate on that day after day. Because, um, like, we've been in a really hard journey, and I think everybody has with just everything going on. But just to know that God, God hears you, and He knows what's going on. He knows those details, and then He's responding. He's moving. It's causing Him to do something out of His love for you um, and for me. And I think that's just super comforting, um, especially when you're walking through a hard season. Um, to be reminded that God hears, he knows, and he's responding. That's not a one characteristic kind of thing, but kind of overarching. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I want to have something to say, but I don't need to say anything. It's just, it's just dense. It's just a beautiful thought, (laughs) a powerful thought and a comforting thought a reality. Not just a thought. I think especially like we've just seen a lot um, in fostering, and when you're a foster parent, you can see something in your home and, and try to communicate that with other people, people who matter, because we don't matter when we're foster parents. And you can try to communicate with people and try to like say, this is what's happening to this child and it's not right. And it's, but there's a process that you go through there and it feels like nobody's listening And that was so frustrating for me to feel like nobody could hear and nobody was listening to us say what was happening, you know, with this child. And so I think it was comforting to know that even though we went to court time after time after time and people were like, well, six more months, you know, like as if it was nothing for a child, Mm. just being reminded that that God knows and he hears um, and he sees what's happening with this child. And he loves that child so much that, that he's responding. That was especially a good reminder then, um, but it translates into everything now as well. Okay. Our last question is what is something you're looking forward to? Um, I am definitely looking forward to, we are, Hopefully going to be able to adopt and finalize our adoption very soon. So that is definitely something that I'm looking forward to. Yep. So when we can do that, I will, we will all kind of feel like our journey's just beginning. Yeah. Um, sweet. And I'm looking forward to, so our church plant is so new that I'm really looking forward to also just the community that the Lord is going to bring about there and already is a little bit, but just really getting to, um, to dig in and do life with, with, um, the people that we go to church with. And yeah, so I'm really looking forward to all those friendships, um, that I think Mm -hmm. that we'll look back now and be like, Oh my goodness, that was just the beginning. So This, this was awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I enjoyed catching up with you a little bit. Listening friends, it means a lot that you added us to your day today. Thank you so much.
Wherever you find yourself on your journey with Jesus, I hope you finished this episode with your faith cheered, refreshed, or strengthened. Until next time!